They're afraid that they're about to make a bad decision. So give them good answers to their fears. You have to stay open to their other ideas. You have to present the details. You have to present the evidence. You have to present the data in a visual and compelling way so that your boss has something to advocate for. Welcome to Management Material. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I started my career at the bottom as an assistant and worked my way up to become the boss's boss in eight years. And man, I love management. If there's anything I've learned, it's that what got you to where you are now won't get you to where you want to be. Hey, all welcome to Management Material Episode 49. It is September. It's actually hot over here in Southern California now. Uh, the kids are back in school, and uh, I am hearing a lot of frustrations coming out left and right about people's jobs. And I hope you're all okay. <laughs> I really do. One huge topic that we've been talking about in our group career coaching meetings has been how to lead around indecisive leaders. Okay, so that means how do you lead a team or become the leader of your team? When your boss is super indecisive, but maybe your boss has a hard time making decisions and it leaves you stuck not knowing what to do or how to move forward. Maybe your boss changes his or her mind every other week or every other day. Anyway, yeah, let's get into this. Let's get into this because this is one of the most frustrating topics that people have when they're trying to become management material or trying to get that next promotion or, or just trying to do their jobs, right? Let me tell you a story. A few years ago, I was a de facto leader on a team and I had a boss who was, well, let's just say it super indecisive. I don't actually blame him because his boss was very indecisive as well. And it was a, an extremely political company. And when I say it was a, an extremely political company, what I mean is that people's jobs, whether they kept their job, whether they were promoted, whether they got the placement they want, whether they were fired, whether they were laid off, all of it was based on reputation. Almost none of it was based on actual metrics. I know that's wrong. And I know that that's not a healthy company, but that's where I was, okay? And if that sounds like your company, don't worry. We can either get you in a better place or make the company better from the inside out. So I usually do both at the same time. Anyway, our guy in charge, our, our guy in the chief officer position at the time, let's just not mince words, he was a bully. People would leave meetings with him in tears, okay? And, and need to take the rest of the day off. People would throw up from anxiety, I'm not joking, before meetings with him. They would have anxiety attacks, throw up, gather themselves together, and then go into the meeting. Not a joke. And that paralyzed departments under him. And my boss was about two rungs down from the ladder from him. And his boss reported to that bully, right? So that paralyzed our whole department. We couldn't make a decision because our leaders were afraid of him. That doesn't sound like a really good situation, right? Well, here's, here's a quick aside. 
I honestly didn't care if I was fired. So I had this like devil may care attitude in my job. And it's because my husband and I had what's called FU money. So that's uh, it, it is what it sounds like. Uh, and I won't say it on the podcast, but that's, that's money that we could rely on to kind of tide us over until we found another job. We're in the fire movement. You know, we, we were out of debt. We were just kind of working because we liked it. And so I was, um, well, and, and to survive, don't get me wrong. We weren't like independently wealthy yet. And so I could leave that toxic work environment uh, if I wanted to, I could have quit my job if I wanted to. So I, I kind of, I, I came in with this devil may care attitude. And what I learned was that I, I cared mo- more about the people and the projects and getting myself promoted than I did about, well, placating this bully. And I don't really like bullies in the first place. So anyway, I decided, and by the way, if any of that sounds like something that you want to work on, go to saverstreet.com and book a complimentary consultation. Anyway, I decided that the toxic culture at this company needed to change. I rise up to meet situations instead of letting them push me out. So I, I decided to meet the situation before I found another thing to do. I needed personally to get people to make a freaking decision and to fund my projects or don't. I just needed to know. Just give me an answer one way or another. I'm, I'm still a little salty about it. If you can't tell it was an uphill battle and I made some mistakes. So here I am on this podcast telling you about what I learned about leading a team when management was totally indecisive. So yeah, we get the context. Yes, they were indecisive because they were afraid and maybe a little anxious, but that doesn't change the fact that they were indecisive. So let's, let's get to the point you need to make it perfectly clear that no decision is the worst decision you can make in a company and then give your leadership, whoever's making the decisions, whoever is green lighting your projects, whoever is allowing you to move forward, give them some good choices of ways forward with data to back it up. People like to think they're smart and smart people make decisions based on data. So if you can give them data to back up the decisions that you're allowing them to make for you, then they will feel smart. They will feel in control and they'll feel like they're making the right decision with the data they have. When you're showing the potential ways forward, it needs to be clear and visual, especially if you're dealing with indecisive leadership. There is usually, just so you know, let's get into this. There's usually a reason for indecision in leadership. Generally, it's because they're afraid of making the wrong decision and they think that they need more complete information to go the right way. Uh, Maybe they're afraid for their own careers and they value that above the company. Uh, Not the best thing in a leader, but it does happen a lot. People aren't usually stupid. They're not usually stupid and they're not trying to be bad at their jobs. Let's get out of this assumption that people are making stupid decisions, that they got to management by blustering their way up. That's not usually the case. They're usually just people who have emotions and they want to do the right thing and they're afraid that they're about to make a bad decision. So give them good answers to their fears without actually talking about their fears. That's a big point. That keeps them from from lashing out. Like if you if you go in and you say, "I know your boss is a bully and you're afraid of making the wrong decision because then you could be fired." Let's talk about it. That's not going to go over well. So instead, go in. They want to feel smart, they want to feel in control, they want to feel like they have something to advocate for. 
They want to impress their bully boss or, or whatever is keeping them back. So give them the tools to do that. You don't want to hurt their pride, right? You don't want to hurt their pride. So don't talk about their fears. Don't talk down to them. Just give them the tools to, to look intelligent in front of their boss so that you can get a decision made. Let them know, let your boss know that you and your team can stay flexible, but you've tried doing nothing and it's not working. So suggest a way forward and some other options. Make it a conversation. Talk it through with them as a person who wants the best for your company and your boss. Ask your boss if they see anything that you don't see and to point out what's wrong with the plan. So a huge point in this is that you have to stay open to criticism. You have to stay open to their other ideas. You have to present the details. You have to present the evidence. You have to present the data in a visual and compelling way so that your boss has something to advocate for. And then remember that you are here to grow and learn from your boss. So give your boss this opportunity to coach you, okay? Make it a conversation. Nobody likes being indecisive. Nobody really likes that. What people want is to be the smartest person in the room. So equip your boss to be the smartest person in the room when they go talk to their boss and advocate for you. All right. So I've talked about this with a lot of different people in a lot of different circumstances. And sometimes I hear things like, that sounds fake. That doesn't sound like me. That, that, that sounds like something that I can't do. And I'd like to let you know, this is not fake. This is not a fake thing. It's a strategy. You're becoming the smartest person in the room by using this tactic. And the tactic is coming with data and a presentation to your boss to show them that no way forward, no decision is the worst decision. And here are the options that you see. And then advocating for one of the options with a reason. Okay. Show your boss that you have some good options to go through and that you want to solve a problem. And the problem is something that you should be solving. You're creating a solution and a situation that will help your boss advocate for you and build his or her confidence in you and for you. And at the same time, probably his or her career. That's not fake. That's not fake. It's a strategy. It feels fake because maybe you haven't done it before. Everything feels wrong and feels fake when you haven't done it before. So go try it once and after a year or two, it will feel like you and it won't feel fake anymore. Okay. In another episode, and I've heard this before, <laughs> in another episode, I said, when you're presenting in front of high level executive senior leadership to get to the point first. Yes, I did. This is not that situation. Right now, you're trying to be a leader when leadership has analysis paralysis. So analyze for them, analyze for them. Get through their paralysis, show them the way forward, build their confidence first by starting with your boss. So a one-on-one -on -one with your boss and then up the chain. And yes, if you have a management team that reads ahead, start with a point first when you're presenting to management and then get to the details or, or then ask if they, if they need the details. Okay. The biggest concern that people bring up when we go through this is that they don't have all the information or the answers. They're not feeling confident enough to create a way forward or create options. Well, let me tell you this. In business, nobody has all the information. Nobody. And leaders make decisions when they don't have all the information. You can't let that stop you from coming up with a way forward. Use the information you have. If you absolutely need more information, and that does happen, 
then your advocacy, your way forward is to advocate for more market research, to advocate for getting in more information so that you can make the right decision. I've had to do that a few times, right? My entire strategy at one point was, was something along, along the lines of, I think we should do this, but we need to verify that it's the right way forward by doing some market research. Please give me the money to do this kind of market research. Then we'll check in again and make sure that it's the right way forward. And guess what? Senior leadership loved that. They went, great. You don't have enough information to make that decision. So let's give you some money to make the informed decision. Everybody likes data. Everybody likes making informed decisions. Here's the bottom line, guys. You are in your job to do work. That's a great place to be when senior leadership is paralyzed and can't make a decision to move forward. It's your job to show them a few options and get them to make it that decision. That's how you show that your management material. So go apply that to your career. What do you want to change at your company? What is bothering you? What are you trying to change at your company? What is stopping management from making a decision? Remember, in all of this, ask to understand, stay coachable, stay humble, stay eager. There's usually more going on behind the curtain than you expect. And some of the other episodes address that, the time that I, I confronted a, a senior leader when they were making a layoff decision. I've stuck my foot in my mouth more times than I can count. That poor foot probably, you know, has, well, I'll tell you, it doesn't taste great. But persistence and genuinely trying to move something forward will usually get you answers and will also prove that you are management material. I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Management Material. If you like what you're listening to, please rate us on iTunes. I track those ratings like I tracked my GPA in college. And let me know what else you want to hear about. I'm an open book. I can't wait to see you in the next episode.